Hello. What a maneuver. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. What a maneuver. Wow. <laughs> Getting some color. Episode 41. I am Joe Nubs. And I'm Macho Nomzak. <laughs> We're going to be covering more of retro shit, uh, meaning retro wrestling, which is WCW Saturday night, May 15th, 1993, and Monday night, Raw, May 17th, 1993. Uh, but before we get into that, we, we got some news to talk about. And I, I guess I'll get my first news out of the way because... Again, this is all speculation. Um, this is people talking through the grapevine. Um, but apparently, WWE officials are tr spreading rumors around that Tony Khan is buying AEW tickets to make it look like it's full in the arena. Because I, I forgot which arena it was. I think it was some somewhere in Long Island um, where AEW did really well. Or it was somewhere in New York. AEW did really well, and then WWE didn't do well as far as like uh, having people in the arena. So they're pushing this uh, conspiracy that Tony Khan is fluffing up uh, the arena by buying tickets, which is stupid because obviously, Malarkey. obviously, we could see based off of the cameras, and it's not like they're strategically doing camera angles where they're like, oh, let's do the hard cam because there's more people here. Literally, people have been taking videos with their cell phones of showing the arena filled up. So, and it, when WWE, their fans, or people, I should say, because we're all wrestling fans, this is not like some console war bullshit, but, yeah. <laughs> but like the, people going to WWE arenas obviously seen tarped out areas and seen uh employees of wwe taking people and moving them to where they sh can show them on camera making it look like it's uh you know filled up so like it amazes me that wwe officials are doing this because it's like you're putting out a shitty product just make the product better and you'll have people watching your shit that's all you need to do I don't get what they're doing. I can't admit it. It's it's like they're they're like delusional, and it's like anybody. I won't say they're all delusional, mm -hmm. but because some people I think know. Oh, we got to do something different. Like that was Triple H's whole thing with NXT. He was trying to do something different. Mm -hmm. Um, now he's not doing it anymore, <laughs> and nobody likes that show as much anymore, which leads into something else. But yeah, uh, like. It's like everybody that's like Vince and down, anybody that kowtows to Vince, Kevin Dunn, all those people, they, they all, they live in a bubble. And the bubble is, we're the best, nobody else is good as us, professional as us, looks as good as us, any of that stuff. And in some cases, that's true. Yeah, I, I agree. In with... terms of like, in terms of the production, yes, no nobody can really match with them. AEW's got money it's looking better their camera people are making less mistakes i heard from uh cornet actually they got somebody who was like a a veteran like a uh, tv truck guy who mm. used to work in wwf like back in the 90s and he worked in tna for like a really long time he, he left wrestling and went to work in uh mlb actually in that same kind of a job 
Okay. And he, uh, Tony Khan recently hired him. So, like, if you notice lately, the camera work about stuff's gotten a lot better. That's probably why. I actually sat down and, like, thought about this because I'm like, the reason why I started getting drowned out in WWE stuff and even NXT stuff now, uh, where I'm kind of like, man, these feuds are like the the rules of three. Like you have one match and then the other, uh, you have one guy win one match, then the other guy has to win the second match, and then you have the rubber match, which is the third match. And then they keep on doing that same formula over and over and over again. And then sometimes when they have something good going, for example, and I know this is or- organic, but like when you had Zack Ryder who was getting over with his uh, YouTube channel and then, you know, with the U.S. title and Ziggler, like people were popping for that. Then you had yeah. Rusev Day. Um, then you had other things that were like, oh, this is kind of interesting. I want to see where this goes. And then it just disappears. It's like, like The Fiend. Another interesting thing disappeared or it got passed, yeah, passed, well, passed off to Alexa. The thing with The Fiend is it, more details have come out about it. I think still later on, as time goes, we'll, we'll find out more. Mm-hmm. But apparently the story with that is uh, over time, Bray became more protective of his gimmick and like the creative with it. Mm-hmm. And that, that was pissing like uh, creative and Vince and people off. He, he was he was disagreeing more with like the stuff that they wanted to do with him mm-hmm. and well you saw the result I guess they they ran him off and gave his gimmick to somebody else until they ran it to the ground dead and now she's off TV because you have to get somebody off TV when they're put in a situation like that yeah and she's gonna be gone for a while I would assume because so people can just fucking forget about that or they should they should keep her off TV for a while. But but my main thing is like when obviously when a feud ends, you could feel a feud ending. Like back in the day in, in WWE, like you had those feuds that ended, especially when you know Shawn Michaels ended Ric Flair, Flair's career, or other things that were ending that you were just like, oh, this is where the the book ends, and it, this this feud is probably gonna happen down the road, but at least. It was told in in a good way. It was booked good. It the story was told well, and I was satisfied. I haven't mm. felt like that in a long time with WWE. AEW, even though there's a lot of shit that happens, I truly feel that sometimes books do end. Uh, for example, uh, Hangman Page. Even though it was a really long time, and we were kind of like guessing. You know, is he being fucking stepped on by uh, uh, Brian Danielson and, uh, you know, Kenny Omega and CM Punk? Was, was that happening? No. I mean, he finally got his, his ending. Now, could have been done a better way? Sure. Uh, but Probably. but I feel closure more in AEW than I feel closure in WWE. And that's because of the writing. Sometimes I think they close things off too abruptly even. Oh yeah, I mean Cody Rhodes and all that stuff like they they cut a lot of feuds off just when it like they they build it up. It's like okay, they have the fight one month and then bam, it's over. Mhm. It's like that's it. <laughs> and it's not just Cody, that happens with other people too. Yeah. But I it it, it comes down to the writing and the, and the creativity. It's like 
the CM Punk and MJF thing is huge. Now, I what I do wish that doesn't happen in that feud is that MJF goes, well, you have to go through the labors of pain and all that stuff. And he puts what he did with Jericho with CM Punk. And I hope that does not happen with CM Punk. Yeah. <laughs> the labors of punk. Yeah. But, uh... It'd be funny if he tried to do that, and he told him no. <laughs> you know, MJF just says no to people sometimes. He says, no. He's like, what do you mean, no? You can't tell me no! And he says, actually, in my contract, it says I have minor uh, control in what I can do, and no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, uh, what? <laughs> That'd be really funny. I don't know. I know we talk about this every time when we do our podcast. But there needs to be some type of change, some type of having all the uh, stars together and be like, Vince, we need to do something because this is not working. Yeah. Because Survivor Series was bullshit. Like, I heard about that whole show and I heard about that weird shit with the egg and like how they promoted like, oh, my God, it's The Rock. It's the 25th anniversary of The Rock being in WWE and and it's like they built up the whole show like The Rock was supposed to show up and he never showed up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then that, that weird shit with the egg and then like the rest of the card was just flat as fuck. Mm-hmm. Except for like Becky and Charlotte. That was like the only match that had any kind of like steam behind it that people were interested in. By the way, you think that was like real tears that Becky Lynch did, by the way? Like she looked like... She was upset that she beat uh, Charlotte because they, they, I guess they were, you know, they were friends in the past. And with all the shit that's happening, I wonder. Yeah, if, they were best friends. Yeah, I wonder if that was like a shoot interview in a way. I don't know. That's like the first time in a long time where I've been really confused about what's going on. Where like I can't tell like what if they're working or shooting on me or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or I think it's like kind of a mixture of both, kind of like Brett and Sean. You know, when they used to be like, they were really pissed off at each other. Mm. And they'd kind of work that into their their work a little. And then sometimes they'd say shit to each other that was kind of spicy. It reminded me of that. And it just so happened to be on Survivor Series. And a lot of people thought, oh, is somebody going to get screwed? Nobody, nobody got screwed. And I'm glad they didn't do that because that would have been, like, really stupid. <laughs> By the way, I was watching, uh, since you brought up Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, I was watching YouTube videos of, like, backstage screwjob stuff like <laughs> Bret Hart just sitting there like all pissed off with his family and like Shawn Michael comes into the locker room and is like I don't know man I didn't do this I don't want to be a part of this and, like you hear all the shit like happening in there and then like you see Vin- Vince walking in into the locker room and then in like subtitles is shows a Bret Hart punch Vince McMahon <laughs> and Vince looks yeah. pissed coming out like that shit's wild dude that they I guess Vince likes to have cameras rolling in the in the backstage on pay-per-views or matches in general so that they can have stuff like this. That was well that was from that wrestling with shadows documentary mm-hmm. that, that, where they followed Bret Hart around during that time. That's what that's from. But it, uh it was interesting. Yeah, that's pretty cool. But you know this leads into some news I've got actually. Okay. It's not necessarily a news item. It's just an opinion somebody had, and it's it's Uncle Eric. <laughs> Sometimes he's he says he's got his own podcast and he makes the round and rounds in media. Sometimes, um, sometimes he says stuff that I th- I feel like he's right. Sometimes not. 
Mm-hmm. But um, apparently he pissed Tony Khan off recently because of some of his criticisms to him and he won't talk to him anymore, which I think is like really funny. Uh, but he was like, he was being interviewed by CBS sports or something. And he's like, he basically gave his opinion on what WWE needs to do to improve television. And he was talking about, Oh, it's the story structure. Uh, they need more discipline in how they do it. And he said, it's no different from shooting a movie that doesn't have a script blocked out, not really knowing what the end of the movie is. Mm-hmm. He's like, you can't do that. You can't do TV shows that way. You can't write a book that way. He's like, I think with WWE, because of the sheer volume of products they produce globally every week, it creates a more significant need for more disciplined and well-thought-out story structure. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he says that's a part of the flaw with WWE creative, at least in his opinion, is that there's a sameness to everything. Okay, one show is red and one show is blue, and there are different names on the roster, but the look and feel and the storytelling technique or lack thereof, everything feels so familiar and has felt so familiar for so long. I think it would need to be desanitized. The WWE is a perfectly executed live production and it doesn't even feel live anymore. It feels like you're watching a feature film. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? He's like a hundred percent right. <laughs> And desanitize, I guess they're kind of doing that a little bit. They're getting rid of everybody, but um, I think he means just how the TV's produced and how like everything just feels so sterile. Mm -hmm. That's what he's getting at. Everything feels the same. Everything feels really controlled, and nothing feels like raw or no pun intended or live or oh holy shit like the only holy oh holy shit thing that happened was some guy speared seth rollins and tried to fight him because he did it for samoans or something i (laughs) that was was the last thing that happened that was crazy god boy come on boy come on boy come on why can't seth rollins do promos like that like why why can't he have to be like this weird fucking guy all the time like my drip (laughs) it's just like it, it it He's right, though, like, I, I, every time I go back to, like, when WWE was good, when when it had, like, a brand split, is when Paul Heyman was running SmackDown, and, like, he, it, you could tell that Vince was like, oh, you know, you're gonna get Chris Benoit, you're gonna get Eddie Guerrero, and even though they're great wrestlers, in Vince's mind, he's probably like, oh, they're small guys, let's put all the small guys on SmackDown, but you know what? It was so great seeing the two, like, different brands having these two different styles of wrestling. Because if you want to see the big, you know, the big players like Triple H and Kane and Undertaker and all that, and, like, the big dogs, no pun intended, Roman Reigns, but, uh, you know, you you go watch Raw. But if you want to watch some high-flying, some technical wrestling, you would watch SmackDown. Well, they also had... You got to think they also had Kurt Angle, who wasn't a small guy, but he he was be one of those more technical guys. Edge was there; he's mm-hmm. part of the SmackDown Six. He was Edge is a fairly big guy. Uh, Brock Lesnar was there. Uh, John Cena was there. Mm-hmm. So they they had they had their mix of like bigger guys or shoot. I would call Kurt Angle like a shooter type type wrestler. But he had that entertainment value to him too. He, he, I guess, 
let me ask you this question what would you do to make wwe better yeah i'd tear down the writing team dramatically Mm -hmm. uh i don't even know like they don't need nearly as many people writing for them as they think they do i would have wrestlers as writers compared to you can't like they need to have more input on what they're doing because they're the ones going out there and doing it. Yeah. Like, writers can, can have ideas and pitch the ideas. They just need a really small team. Like, the WWE actually has, like, fucking 40, 40 to 60-some people on the creative team. And then when they write That's something that could possibly be good, Vince just tears it down. So He, sh- he shoots a lot of stuff down, yeah. And then, like, when, when people do come up with things that actually work, like, this is the most recent example of that. You remember that thing with, like, Mandy Rose and Otis? Yeah. And people were, like, weirdly into that. Mm-hmm. Like, it got over. That was one of the writer's idea, and she got let go. Like, right after that um, that angle pretty much culminated, that WrestleMania and shit, she got let go from the company. Mm-hmm. It's like, what the hell? She <laughs> she had a, a, a good idea that worked. It was weird, but, like, people got into it, and it worked. Shout out to Mandy Rose for just like being a trooper and be like, <laughs> I'm gonna make believe I love this fat man, this fat muscular man. <laughs> I mean, she probably got along with him anyway because they, they probably kind of came up together in NXT, but like, uh, she seems to be game to try to do anything. So now she's turning her hair dark and she's like, I'm a bad bitch. <laughs> and these are my bad bitches too that are with me. We're bad bitches. <laughs> But I can't really buy it, but, like, whatever. She's trying. Yeah. Um, I would, yeah, I'd, I'd tear down the writing team to, like, a very small amount of people. Like, I'm talking no more than maybe, like, a dozen people. Mm-hmm. Uh, have wrestlers have a lot of input on what they're going to do instead of just, like, this is what you're going to do, and you have to follow the script exactly. Like. Some people need scripts. Some people can't fucking just do a promo. And that, that's fine. But you need to figure out who can and who can't. Yeah, and, they need, and they, uh, they need to strategically do that. Like, how we watch wrestling now with the 1993, obviously you could tell who's... They, they, they cherry-pick the promos, right? Because they know who's a good talker and who's not. Or they're maybe testing out who's going to be good and who's not. And... I think WWE needs to do that more often. Be like, ah, you know what? Fucking, and I'm just using Roman right now because back then he wasn't a good promo unless he said, like, shit or something like that. But, like, I I would be like, Roman's not a good talker, but he's a good wrestler. Um, If we give him a mouthpiece like a Paul Heyman or maybe just not giving promos and let him let his wrestling talk more. And just maybe even using, like, one line where you could be like he pick, picks up the microphone and was like i'm the big dog now and then like <gasps> yeah and he just like drops the mic and go like having stuff like that getting the crowd going would make it awesome and yeah i don't know they they need a shape up and i'm not saying we need to go back to the attitude era but there needs to be some we can't it was a one one once in a lifetime thing. You can't reproduce it. It needs to skirt um, skirt the line what AEW kind of does because <laughs> even though they drop a lot more cussing, um, 
they they skirt the line of being like, all right, we're kind of just being a little adultish, uh, but they should. Like, this is what I would do besides the creative team. And I said hard reset. This is what I mean by hard reset. Do that. And then, like, um, you need to stop TV for, like, a month. Like, that. that's as long as I feel like you could get away with doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, stop t- all TV for a month and just recreate, like, how you're doing TV. Like, how everything's working and what you're presenting. Mm-hmm. Um. And I say you need a month to do that because you got to plan all this out and you have to kind of retrain the audience again too, about how, how they think about the product. Cause that's the problem is everybody's it's like he said, uh, Eric, he got, so everybody's so used to how WWE is right now. They're able to like predict when things are going to happen. And it's like, Oh, he lost next week. That guy will get his win back some shit. They'll feud for a really inordinate, long amount of time for no reason because they don't know what else to do and they're just on cruise control anyway mm-hmm. you gotta retrain the audience and you have to present a different a different style of wrestling a different product for them and train them on that um i'm gonna take your idea of the reset i'm gonna be a little bit crazy i'm gonna go fucking crazy dude mm-hmm. fuck raw fuck smackdown Make it one show. And I'm going to say this because I know how cheesy WWE could be. But like, instead of saying fans, it's the universe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You call it fucking WWE universe as their, their show name or something cool, I guess, or whatever. Whatever they want. I want it to be one show. I want them to get rid of Graves and all the other commentators. And I want two people. I want two people. I want Michael Cole and I want Pat Ma- McAfee. I think they have great chemistry during these times in WWE. And Pat McAfee yeah. could play a good heel commentator if he wanted to. Um, yeah. And then you just have one show with a roster where with a good writing team, like you said. Break it down, the writing team, where you have wrestlers giving their input to a, like a TV writer. And... You, Vince has to give reins to like that wrestling guy. So, for example, let's just say, uh, fucking Triple H is in the writing room. <laughs> I don't know, but like Triple H is like the the sign off. He gives his input. Writers write something. He signs off on it. It doesn't go to Vince. Vince is just there to make sure everything's fine. Even though he's probably going to fucking say something, I would just have Triple H there just so they'd be like, let's let's get this out onto TV. Because if it gets out onto TV and it's doing really well and it's giving fucking money to Vince, I think that would do something. I think without him knowing what's going to be in the script, I think he will actually like it if there's a good turnout. Because they created it and not the... Um, not the wrestler in a way. Yeah, but, yeah. And um, I don't know what type of culture the show would have. I I still think it needs to be like PG fourteen, but I I also think that uh, they need to do something where it's kind of like, oh shit, what the fuck happened on WWE Universe this week? <laughs> like, <laughs> bring back some of the 
kind of a sports feel to it a little bit. You don't have to go all the way with it because, let's face it, WWF was never too much into the sports area. Mm-hmm. That was that was more other territories and stuff. But brings it, they had even when you go back and watch the old stuff, the presentation still had more of a feel of that, even if it was totally ridiculous. You know, I got bring home- a little bit. Huh? So, sorry to interrupt you. I got homework for both of us. We are we are gonna the next show we're gonna do. We are gonna build our own new WWE. And oh damn! So me and you are gonna talk. You know, during the week, we're gonna figure out what points we want to do to make uh, our own WWE show, and we're gonna present uh, do a presentation uh, for it. So I don't know if you want to have like I don't know cue cards or whatever or something pictures you would give me that i would put up on the the visual stream but uh i want us to create our own new wwe and and put it out there on the internet and maybe 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 they will listen (laughs) maybe they'll be like whoa that that's kind of interesting let's do it who knows yeah so that's that's our homework We're, we're gonna do that next episode but what were you going to say? I kind of interrupted you. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, it was just a little bit more of uh, of uh, that that kind of stuff, having to relate to that. But uh, you, I'll save the rest of it for, I guess, this new thing we're going to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, other news I had was, to, speaking of WWE issues, uh, Beth Phoenix is ending her run as NXT oh. commentator. She says it's um, family, but I feel like it's a mixture of both. I think it's family... And how the morale is just like shit over there now. Yeah, I don't really think like a lot of, like Scott Sky Too Hotty, Scott uh Garland, uh, his last name his real last name is Garland. Mm-hmm. Um he he recently asked to be released from his, his contract. He's a trainer. Uh he might act as a producer too occasionally. But as far as I know, he's just a trainer. Mm-hmm. Uh and yeah, I, I feel like I agree with you. It's I think it's a mix of both. She's kind of like not into this anymore, and it's because uh, it's very different from what it used to be. Mm-hmm. And some people say, "Well, difference good." Like if you're drinking that that Kool Aid they're trying to push, it's not. Mm-mm. It's like their main feud with the, going into this war game shit is like all the people that made up like what NXT used to be is fighting against like the new NXT, and it's just like. <laughs> Really? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. NXT is like a whole other thing. <laughs> do you, like, it, I, I guess that's another topic we could get into when we do our little our new WWE project. Mm-hmm. What the fate of NXT? Um, but yeah, that's more. They're losing more people. More people are voluntarily leaving or something. She says she's not done being involved with WWE. I guess she just doesn't want to be a commentator anymore. Right? Mm-hmm. So I don't blame her. And I wonder because Edge and Miz are having like a feud. I don't know if that's leading to like a mixed tag team match. With Edge. That's the big speculation. Which you know what, I'd be okay with. Because I still feel like I was a pretty big fan of Beth Phoenix actually when she when she was when she just came to WWE it was like kind of getting over mm-hmm. as well as she could in that environment back then but I always felt like she came to she came along too early yeah 
because it was like she came in to the point where it was just after like the women's wrestling in WWE was actually like kind of good that had kind of dropped off. Mm-hmm. Like there were still some people there that were good, like Mickey James and Victoria and stuff. But that's when they started getting people that weren't as good. <laughs> and she got mixed up in a lot of that. Yeah. And then it's like she left right before stuff started to actually really shape up to where it is now. Mm-hmm. And it was like, damn, she like kind of, she was just a few years too, too early. If she could have like hanged on a little longer or something. You know what I wouldn't mind seeing a match? Becky Lynch versus Beth Phoenix. Or Charlotte and Beth Phoenix. That'd be good, too. Yeah. There's plenty of people she could have a match with. I, I want to see her have one good match, like one good go. Mm-hmm. Besides being in a Royal Rumble or being in a tag team or something. Yeah. I don't know. Um, obviously... With Triple H gone and out of the reins of NXT, you could clearly see the the product fucking dying quickly. Like, we knew, like, things were changing. We were just like, oh, this doesn't feel like NXT, but it still was NXT. But now it's just like, when they did the rebrand, you're just like, oh, <laughs> it's going, it's dying quick. Yeah, uh... I think they're still testing the waters on this change into TV 14 with it too, because like it's come up and like, they're, they're trying to put out fan surveys mm-hmm. uh, about NXT 2.0 right now. And it's asking all kinds of questions. And some of it's like weird, like, like just weirdly worded shit. It's like, are, do you find the characters in NXT 2.0 to be exciting? <laughs> it's like, what do you think about the female wrestlers? What do you think about the male wrestlers? What do you and, think? And stuff you, like that. What do you think about Mandy Rose being a badass bitch with her badass bitches? Tell us. What do you think about the badass bitch squad? They really think like they're a big deal. Like like they think that they're gonna capture they're gonna tap into that the demo, the key demo that everybody likes to talk about now. Mm-hmm. Like that'll bring the demo, and I'm like no. I mean no, they're not going to. It could help a little bit, but it's not nearly as much as like what you guys think it will. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with a PG rating. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're wanting if you're wanting them to actually affect that, you gotta you gotta jack it back up to T V fourteen. but anyway, I digress. Uh here's something else uh I thought was interesting. What's that? Uh, Dustin was Dustin did an interview on a podcast recently, Dustin Rhodes, and he said that Vince McMahon didn't think Cody versus Dustin was good enough for WrestleMania. Oh my god. And you remember you remember how like for years when they were both there, they were both trying to get that feud going? Mm-hmm. And they finally did, and it wasn't good. It, it like it wasn't. I watched it and I was like kind of excited for him like, "Oh boy, that's when Cody was stuck in that Stardust shit and that was awful." Yeah fucking hated that <laughs> and i wasn't even like that big of a fan of him i like i kind of liked him but like i just i felt like awful for him mm-hmm. uh none of that went well and then it was like they went and had their match at the double or nothing and that was a great match mm-hmm. you know it, it, there was a lot of emotion and stuff and it was it was good it told a good story even though it kind of didn't make sense because it was like he was pissed off at his brother and he was like fucking being an asshole and he's like i'm gonna beat you i'll prove that i'm better than you and 
he like beat the shit out of him and busted him open and he was like I, I miss my brother <laughs> it's like what you just got finished fucking beating the fuck out of him and making him bleed all over himself I, I think it was kind of like hey we never did this in WWE let's do it here at AEW but like the story like they, they could have done a better story be like oh man they should have been like here's probably how I would have done it be like oh man you know we never got to do what we really wanted to do at the other product and then like either Goldust or Cody be like yeah I would have beaten you and you're like what yeah <laughs> I think that's part of Cody's like weird not totally understanding how wrestling works with like the storytelling aspect mm-hmm. it's like I've, I've heard this about him before where it feels like he he takes moments or things that he knows worked at some point and it's like you put them into like a random angle generator of like how things are supposed to happen how they play out mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like an ai produced a program <laughs> It's like things will happen, and these these things individually are good things or things that will work or elicit emotion, but they happen in an order that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I, I read that, and he said that pissed him off, and he felt really bad about that, and that's kind of what killed his his uh, passion for being in WWE. Because mm. Vince told him, like, that's not a WrestleMania match, pal. Damn! <laughs> Holy hell, Vince! Well, that brings me back to, like, because I was listening to Jericho, I, I don't know who he was talking to, but he was bringing up how, like, when him and Kevin Owens had that match in WrestleMania, like, Vince told Kevin Owens that he sucked, but, like, told Chris Jericho he was good. And it's just, like, Jericho just said, it's just Vince he doesn't like big guys, and he's always hard on bigger, like, like fatter guys, pretty much. Yeah, it's because he doesn't like them. He doesn't think they look like stars. I mean, to be fair, what does Kevin Owens really look like? He looks like a low-tier indie wrestler. He's like kind of a fat guy wearing a t-shirt and shorts. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of guy you see in like local promotions. I'm talking like very local promotions. Like this promotion runs out of your hometown kind of shit. Yeah, it's like it's like if I I'm pretty much wearing a Kevin Owens kind of thing. I'm wearing basketball shorts. And a shirt like that's his fucking gear, pretty much. <laughs> Local promotion wrestler is what he looks like. Yeah, he doesn't have the look that like w- like Vince wants for like WWE, but like it was it was, and it wasn't a, like an amazing five star match, but it was still pretty good for WrestleMania. And like having Vince being like, yeah, that sucked, bro. <laughs> he, he was just being extra hard on him. I saw it though because I watched. Um, they did like a 24 thing on him around that time, Kevin mm. Owens. And you could tell it really bothered him that he said that. He was like, it's not good, pal. It's no, not good. He just shook his head at him. And it like, you could tell it like emotionally devastated him. Mm-hmm. Like he was really disappointed in himself. And he, it's like, it meant a lot to him that Vince liked what he did. Yeah. And it crushed him. <laughs> like it, he took it personally. I mean, if you think about it, it's never really been good after that. Like the peak, no. the peak of Kevin Owens was like they were best friends with Jericho, and then had that best friends party where like Kevin Owens uh, fucking turns on him. Like that was good storytelling, and then the match happened, and then after like that match, Kevin Owens wanted to be like a fucking good guy, 
and that was fucking retarded and he's much better as a heel yeah and apparently that's where he's going back to is being heel where he belongs well i think he's planning to leave soon Mm. and go be with his friends (laughs) (laughs) that's coming up sooner rather than later Mm mm-hmm uh, so maybe we'll see Kevin Owens somewhere else soon. AEW. Most likely. Most likely. I don't see him in Impact. I don't see him in ROH because ROH is done. So You're pretty much done yeah. right now until something else happens. <laughs> so I guess sir, that's all my news. You got any more news? No. Um, I wanted to tackle the Tony Khan thing and plug in NXT morale, which we already talked about. And that's it, pretty much. So I think it's time to get into WCW Saturday night, May 15th, 1993. 1993. Starts off with Max Payne versus I don't know, because they did twice. They, they didn't say anything about the jobbers that were in the ring. They never told us their name. They never shot us a Chiron, the, the little graphic that tells you like what their name is down there. I found out what that is from Jim Cornette. That's called a Chiron. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's no Chiron to tell us who these people are, and you're right. They did that twice this episode. They're like, what the fuck? I don't know who these people are. They just beat. One of them we didn't deserve to know who the fuck they were, but that we'll get to that later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh Larry Zabisco still filling in for uh um uh oh my god. Jesse Ventura. Jesse Ventura, yeah. Had a total brain fart. How could I forget him? He's still filming for um Demolition Man. Fucking Demolition Man. And we're, allegedly, we're going to get uh, Sylvester Stallone next week. Oh, shit. So, we'll see what happens. <laughs> hey, you, you told me to come to the wrestling, so I, you know, I decided to come here, hey. <laughs> maybe, that, maybe that's the guy that Colonel Robert Parker's talking about. Maybe. Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> I I have something to say about that promo later, but... Uh, I yeah. This is squash. Um, they're, they, it happened very fast. Yeah, <laughs> Max Payne uh, did his armbar move, and they talked about how like uh, Johnny B. Bad and his little uh, confetti gun, and how Max Payne. Like, I truly don't get why Max Payne needs to still do jobbers and put him in this. Like, I don't know. Like. They could have kept him off TV, I guess. I I feel like because they kind of fucked him up, you know. They built him up killing jobbers, which is fine. Mm-hmm. That's that used to be what you do. And then he fought Dustin at that that last pay per view, uh, Super Brawl. I think it was either that or it was the the Clash of the Champions mm-hmm. that we saw. And he, he totally got his ass kicked and fucking lost. Like, it wasn't one-sided or anything, but it really looked like Dustin just handled him and beat him. Yeah. And it, to the point where it's like it kind of buried him a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I guess they felt like they needed to rehabilitate him. I feel like some of this has to do with, like, the regime changes in WCW that were going on. Like, who's in charge of booking? Like, it was Bill Watts when we were watching during that period we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Bill Watts is gone now, and I think it's either Ole Anderson's back or Dusty's back. One of the two. Uh, 
And I guess they feel like, oh, we'll rehabilitate this guy and use him, and they'll build him up to something. I don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> but he pow- he basically power slammed him and put that armbar on, and it was over. Yeah. And I, I don't know who this guy was that he was facing, but I guess we didn't need to Jobber. Know. Yeah, Jobber won. We got a Bulldog promo. Um, and it's just him screaming about fucking Vader still. <laughs> it's the same promo as last week. Yeah. Just shorter. It was just talking about how he's fighting Vader for all the guys he injured. And he's going to win the title. It's It was the same material. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, well, could have said something different. Or maybe Vader could have said something, you know? Maybe he could have responded because we don't, we never got Vader's response after that, really. Mm hmm. Uh, it is what it is, I guess. <laughs> then we got some highlights of uh, Rick Rude beating Dustin Rhodes on Worldwide Wrestling for the. Or, I, or did he? Did it was it? a disputed finish. Oh. Because, <laughs> like. Yeah, it showed him. Basically, what happened was Dustin back suplexed Rick Rude, and then it's like they were both so fucking tired, they laid there on the mat, and they were kind of sort of covering each other. Mm-hmm. And there, for some reason, there were two referees in that match, and they both counted them down. But, like, it looked like Rick Rude shot his arm up first by a split second, like a millisecond before Dustin did. And so they gave it to Rude. One referee's like, no, Rude shot his shoulder up. Then the other guy was like, no, Dustin did, but it was too late. He, he, he gave the belt to Rude. Mm-hmm. So it's disputed. But I want to say this. God damn it. I'm tired of things I want to see happening on other shows that we can't fucking watch. <laughs> I know. And I wanted to see Rick Rude and Dustin so bad. It happened on some goddamn show I can't even watch. <laughs> it's funny because I'm like, and full disclosure, I, I did not like WCW this week. Um, but, like, the shows are going downhill a little bit. And I'm like, I want to watch that that match more than fucking Max Payne versus Unknown Man. And then, like, Cole Twins and fucking the Blackhearts and shit. And, like, Van Hammer versus Jobber number two. Like, I want, I want to see that match. <laughs> And this isn't the first time they've done that to us either. Mm-hmm. You know, they had they they, they showed oh, this happened on the other show. They, you know, and it was like Ricky Steve was fighting somebody, or it was like that time the Hollywood Blondes won the title. We didn't get to fucking see that. Mm-hmm. And just like, God damn it, guys! Like, come on! Like, I I can't figure out at that time what their main show is. It's like they have main event, and they have worldwide wrestling. So they have three fucking TV shows. And which one's the main one? Because I thought at this time that this was the main show. I thought so but, too, but I think it might be main event. I don't think it actually is. Because like when I, I went back and tried to read about this a little bit, this was some time ago. And it really seems like they don't have a main show. That's weird. Because it's like big things will happen on each one. So it's like the, it's kind of like this shotgun effect thing. It's like they have three small shows, and I guess they figure, well, if we do big things on each show, everybody will watch every show. <laughs> like a really unfocused, like kind of production. It feels like. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, that, that might be like why their TV wasn't that good back then. Because I will say this: we gave criticism to WWF where it's like Raw feels weird. It feels like kind of bullshit right now. 
Mm-hmm. Feels like superstars or something. Yeah. And like now it's starting to actually kind of shape up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it's like they're figuring it out, but it seems like WCW doesn't know what the fuck to do. But that's not the first time I've heard that. <laughs> <laughs> I hear like I've heard several times. This is kind of a rough patch for WCW, like the early 90s are. Mm-hmm. So we're living it right now. Yeah. Next match that I brought up before, uh, the Cold Twins versus the Blackhearts. Uh, Keith Cole, Kent Cole, and then Blackheart Apocalypse and Blackheart Destruction. Uh, Is that actually what they're called? Yeah. I didn't catch that at all. Somehow I totally missed that. (laughs) I'm going to say this. I didn't rate this fucking match because this match was fucking stupid Um, because... I, I, I'm tired of hearing about who who all the time. God damn it, yeah. They did it with the, the Cold Twins, and now they're doing it with the Blackhearts because they're wearing masks and shit. And then complete chaos is happening. The referee is confused on who's who's, who's the legal man. And then it just fucking ends with a DQ. And I, I would have gave it a bad grade, but like I was like, I barely looked at the match because nothing was happening. Nothing worth talking yeah. about. I, I lied, by the way. I did read this. I, w- I wasn't looking at the right part of the screen there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there wasn't, yeah, there wasn't much to this. It was like the Coles controlled the match for a while. And they did arm drags and arm bars, the, the typical baby face offense. I'm starting to notice that some people rely on that too much. Uh, I'm catching it that they do it a lot. It's like they have basics down, but it's like they don't really do anything. Uh, the only thing the Coles ever do is interesting double team situations. It's like uh, it's like cheap pops moves a little bit because like obviously it looks intense when guys are running and then they're hip tossing and it just yeah. sounds and looks cool. But at the same time, it's like it's a hip toss. <laughs> and if you keep on doing it, it's, it's nothing in my opinion. Yeah, you can't. You, there can't be people that do that stuff all the time, mm-hmm. like every every other match or something, because then it gets saturated. It's like, oh, who cares? It's like, don't show off somebody doing fucking arm drag if Ricky Steamboat's going to be on the card, because nobody does an arm drag better than him. Mm-hmm. The end. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but eventually, the Blackhearts they, they do this thing where they switch the the Coles do without tagging. I'm like, wait, like I thought they were faces. <laughs> it was a heel move, and then like. Yeah, it was a heel move. Then the Blackhearts do it back to him. It's like they got kind of pissed off about that, and I thought it was funny. It's like, well, you all fucking did it. What the fuck? <laughs> Where's Jesse Ventura when you need him? Yeah. <laughs> then whatever Blackheart that was, they don't even fucking say their names. I think that's why I, like they might have mentioned it, and then they just didn't even stick to it. Because I don't recall them ever saying that. Oh, I looked up their names. I don't know if they said it during the match. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well... They do some weird offense. It's not bad. It's just kind of like off kilter, something you don't usually see. Mm-hmm. Like these weird thrust punches and shit. He does like an axe kick. I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool. And then they all get in the ring at once, and somebody gets thrown over the rope. Colt, one of the Coles does, and they get DQ'd. I'm like, wait a minute. They've not been enforcing that rule for like over a month now. <laughs> Nobody said anything about, oh, you get thrown over the rope, you get DQ'd, pal. Nobody's been talking about that. Mm-hmm the fuck so he just brought it back out of nowhere yeah it i was like oh it ended 
Yeah. I guess. Like, what the hell? <laughs> I, I, I think they didn't know what the fuck to do, so they just said, we'll just say, throw him over the rope and just DQ, fuck it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it was a match with teams nobody's invested in with a very meh finish with a stipulation that hasn't come up in over a month. 4.25 out of 10. Because the wrestling itself was they didn't do anything bad. Nobody fucked up, but it's just fucking boring and nobody cares. Yeah, like I could have done without this match. Um, totally. I'm sick of seeing the Cole twins. Like they've already they've already drove them into the ground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we uh, there was Stallone, by the way, with uh, Jesse. He put on the WCW hat, and, and I was like, "Hey, Stallone!" And like you said, he. He's supposed to show up next week, so um, that's going to be interesting, probably to promote Demolition Man, most likely. Uh, <laughs> but I'm excited about that. Then we get into more Slamboree stuff. Um, our un- Uncle Eric came to tell us about the card, uh, and then we mm-hmm. we got into the Legends with Grizzly Smith going to be there, Bob Armstrong, Ollie, Ollie Anderson. And Mr. Wrestling 2, which, by the way, I was interested in seeing some Mr. Wrestling 2 match right there. They showed a big portion, and I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. I kind of want to see more of Mr. Wrestling 2. He's what you would call a scientific wrestler. What is that, like technical? <laughs> yeah, basically a, a fancy Gordon Soley version of saying technical. <laughs> Uh, also, Uncle Eric told us that, remember when they said Sting will be in action for like weeks and they never said who the fuck Sting was going to face? Yeah. It's, gonna, it's Scott Flash Norton. Oh my God, that's going to be a good match, hopefully. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, okay, I want to see Scott Norton against Sting. Uh, and then they talk about how like they're going to have a tag match between Rick Rude and Paul Orndorff and Dustin and uh, Kinsuki Sasaki. Yeah, why? Kinsuke, I should say. They said his name wrong, and now I'm saying it wrong. Kinsuke Sasaki. <laughs> but uh, something all – I don't know why Kinsuke Sasaki was in this because, like, Paul Orndorff has been having issues with uh, with Dustin, too, with the polish and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, Kinsuke got mysteriously injured, though, and I'm going to guess that Ron Simmons is going to replace him because that would make more sense. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they felt the need to obfuscate it like that, though. <laughs> like, I, just say Ron Simmons and Dustin against Rick Rude and Paul Orndorff. That would have been fine, I think. I kept on thinking, like, this is my weird brain going off because I'm like, oh, it's just another Rhodes member who thinks he's uh, hot shit and be like, oh, I'm going to bring a fucking Asian wrestler from New Japan. Look at me. I'm so I'm progressive. Bring, <laughs> I'm going to bring an Asian man from Asia. <laughs> Uh, I just, but uh, like I said, like, God damn it. Why can't we get Dustin and Rick rude for slavery or why can't that happen? I know. I want to <laughs> see that match. I want to see it. I'm going to fucking hunt it down on YouTube. I'm so pissed. <laughs> oh my God. But we get into our second unknown jobber with uh, Van Hammer and Colonel Parker's on the outside of the ring with a stretcher. Um, yeah, and I'm like, why? But we find out why later. Uh, yeah. And I, I wrote down, I was like, wow, this jobber that got to face Van Hammer, 
He was built a little bit. He got a couple of punches in, and then he just fucking died. <laughs> he's kind of on the bigger end. He's like some... He's in that space between, like, muscular and fat. Mm-hmm. I think I think uh, Larry Zabisco said it best earlier. He said he, he said that Arn Anderson was endomorphic. <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, that's uh, that's where this guy is too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this this guy sucked. I, I know it's three different times where like Van Hammer tried to do something and like it just fucked up because this guy didn't know what the how the hell to do anything. It looked like mm-hmm. I don't know if he just sucked or it was just miscommunication or something. It's like he he botches multiple moves with him. He like tried to clothesline him and it got fucked up. And I think he tried to like scoop slam him and that got fucked up too. And then after like him trying to do four or five different moves with the guy, they all they all fucked up. I don't know if he said just said called it or it was time to go anyway. Mm-hmm. He does a slingshot suplex and he almost doesn't get him up and they almost crash and burn, but he managed to do it. He had to muscle him up because he like did not really go along with it the right way. Yeah, I, I wrote it down as a squash, but it was like a bad squash. <laughs> it was bad. It, yeah. didn't, it didn't do Van Hammer any favors. Yeah. And then fucking Robert Parker is sitting there on the gurney, like you mentioned. Yeah, I, I got to say this about Van Hammer. I don't like him on the mic at all. He's... I don't dislike him, but he's like not good either. He can just he can kind of say something. He's awkward. Like, I, he needs a mouthpiece, and I guess I don't know. Maybe I I don't know if Colonel Parker like swades him in some way. I know at some point he gets stunning Steve Austin because the Hollywood blondes break up down the road, and I know stupidly. Yeah, um, but Van Hammer is on the mic yelling at him, uh, and then. Colonel Parker tells the reason why he brought a stretcher is because that's where Cactus Jack, like, got injured. And he's like, oh, my God, you sick fuck. And then, like, Colonel Parker started talking about Elvis. And I'm like, why? What is happening? That was so... (laughs) Like, hang on a second. His fucking promos. This character is ridiculous. (laughs) Like, because... (sighs) I know, like, WCW is a a southern-based company. They're based out of Atlanta. They're, they spun off the NWA, which was primarily like uh, it was that was the Carolina territory and, and Georgia and stuff. It was primarily Southern. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just so weird that they get this guy who Tennessee is also Southern wrestling. It's a slightly different flavor uh, who Ron Ron Fuller or Robert Fuller, I shouldn't say, sorry. That family is real famous in Tennessee wrestling and stuff. And he's like a total stereotype of like some kind of like Southern plantation owner or whatever the fuck. <laughs> he's wearing like these ridiculous suits and a hat and shit. He's got a big cigar. And he literally says, I told you, when I got upset, I went back to my hotel and I had a mint julep because usually that calms me down, but that didn't work. So I called Elvis. <laughs> and Tony's like, you called Elvis? Yeah, I called Elvis. You know who I'm talking about. <laughs> like, so wait, Elvis isn't dead. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, the number. And, it, and he told me to go home. And when I went home, it struck me like a bolt of lightning right there. Like, he was a Greek god. And I'm like, what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> Did he have a stroke when he walked in? <laughs> 
I can't stand the way he talks, though. It's like he's always about to run out of, like, it's like he's running out of breath just trying to say sentences. Mm-hmm. It's fucking weird. Maybe he really is. I don't know. I don't like him, though. Yeah, I, I don't like his character. And uh, it's annoying. He's he's annoying. And he's I, it, for a heel, I guess that's good if you're annoying. Uh, I don't like him the right way. I, I dislike him the wrong way, though. I, I like want him to get off my TV. <laughs> and you know what really sucks about him, though? He sticks around for a long time. Yeah. He stays there, uh, I want to say, until 1997. Because <laughs> I, I, th- I think they think he's, like, good. Like, I think people, like, he's like, oh, he's obviously getting heat. And they're probably, like, he's probably thinking, like, me and you would be, like, they just don't like him. And then not because of the heel. It's just that he sucks. <laughs> I don't, I'll admit it. I, I know dick all about Robert Fuller. I don't know, like how his run was as a wrestler or anything. But as, unless this, this weird plantation owner manager shit was like, not his idea and something they wanted him to do. And he said, fuck it. They're paying me. I guess I'll just do it. Mm-hmm. If, if he's just doing it, that's what they want him to do. Fine. If this is his idea and everything, it fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> but, uh, we got a, a little uh, slambery promo from Thunderbolt Patterson, and he wants to touch people. He wants to see people too. Yeah, it was such an al- odd promo, but like he also wants us to call somebody. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, he was hyping up like slambery. He's like, "Call somebody. Tell them about slambery. I can't wait to see people. I, I want to touch the people. I want to see the people. <laughs> All the other legends want to see people and touch people too. <laughs> I think this is because it was a promo about nothing. I always heard Thunderbolt Pass- Patterson was a really good promo. Mm-hmm. Maybe he needed a topic yeah. or like some kind of focus or totem for him to like do a fucking promo on. And it was just hype slamboree. And he's like, Okay, I guess so he tried. Because <laughs> I, I, mean, I kind of liked, I kind of liked him when I heard him. Mm-hmm. But what what the fuck was that? He just told us to like get slamberies. <laughs> Call us. I want to see you. I want to touch you, and then end promo. And I was like, okay, <laughs> but I don't want you touching me. So <laughs> even though no, I, no bother. I, well, then again, I was a child in '93, so yeah, don't, definitely don't touch me. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we got flair for the gold and the guest. Well, one Woo! we had a uh, a, a hostile guest, Missy Hyatt, uh, came out, <laughs> started throwing shit at fucking Arn and Flair. That was the best part of the segment, really. Was yeah. her? <laughs> I, I saw this. I saw this segment a few months ago because I, I was showing it to one of my friends. It was mostly to show them uh, Steve Austin when he was like younger and had hair. Mm-hmm. But, like, it was also to show Missy Hyatt. Yeah. Because uh, it's like, I feel like everybody's forgotten about her. She used to be kind of big in WCW and stuff. But, like, <laughs> she ran out there and started screaming at them. And she threw her shoes at Art Anderson. And he was like, holy shit. He was, like, trying to dodge him. My favorite part <laughs> of that whole thing while she was there is Fifi just went up to Missy and just dusted her off. <laughs> Tell your servant girl to stop touching me. And she starts yelling, You guys left me on the road. And it's like, I didn't leave you on the road. Aren't double A and G leavers? Like, no, I didn't do it. I didn't do anything. 
Aren't so, like, apparently at some point they were partying and they left. They kicked her out of the limo or some shit. <laughs> Arn's reaction in that, that uh, segment was funny as fuck. Just, like, Arn was, like, people see Arn. He's kind of funny. Yeah, he's funny. And, like, he could be serious at the same time, too. And, like, Arn, they say, well, obviously now it's the same thing if you think about it because he's funny and he talks about Glocks and shooting people. So, <laughs> so I guess he never changed. <laughs> Arn Anderson never changed. He's just fatter and older now. Yeah. And he falls off stages. Did you see that? I, saw, I felt so bad for him. He got lucky. He could have he could have wiped out and got hurt seriously. Like if that was the stupid WWE stage, he would have got fucking hurt. The uh, 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 Eldrade's fucking manager or whatever, like helped him up and, <laughs> and started punching him. <laughs> you can you can clear, are you you can clearly see him like say are you okay and he like pulls him up but then he pulls him back on the stage and starts beating him up. Well, he wanted to make sure he wasn't dead. Mm-hmm. So then when he found out, okay, you're not dead, he then it was okay to start punching him. I bet you, I bet you Arn was like, fucking punch me, bitch. Probably. <laughs> um, oh, man. But the real, was... get, the real guest in Flair for the Gold was the Hollywood Blondes. And yeah. Here's what I'll say. Um, I, I didn't see this coming. I... Um, I'm guessing we are going to get a Hollywood Blondes versus uh, Arn and Flair at some point. I feel, I think that happens. Mm-hmm. I think so. Because they pretty much say that, you know, they're the big deal now and Arn and Flair are old. They should be legends in slamboree, just like the mm-hmm. other old guys and shit. And it pissed off Flair and pissed off Arn. Well, Arn was like, don't do anything, Flair. <laughs> He got he got pissed off immediately almost. Like after Austin called him a statue. Mm-hmm. He's like, This is a nice museum you got here. I see you got a statue over there. And he's just <laughs> like he kind of st- sets up a little bit out of his chair. And he comes over and he gets fucking pissed. He starts telling them what for. Like, you're out of line and you're out of my league. Mm-hmm. And then Ric Flair's trying to calm everything down, which is hilarious to me. <laughs> Ric Flair's trying to de escalate things. And then, and then Eventually, they just keep picking at him, and it, finally, he gets fucking pissed, too. He takes his jacket off, he starts taking off the Rolex. He's like, all right, pal, all right, you want to talk? Let's talk. And they keep calling him old, and he's like, this is my show. You're my guest. I've, I've had enough. And he starts going into, like, flare yelling mode. Mm. And they just walk off, and Fifi tries to calm him down. He's like, I can't calm down. Not now. No. She gets him to sit down. She just kind of fans him, and he calms down. If this is leading to a feud, I'm kind of excited about this. Me too, actually. I'd love to see the Hollywood Blondes and Ric Flair and Art Anderson. Hopefully they don't do it on a different show, and it should be on WCW yeah. Saturday night. Don't do it on fucking Worldwide Wrestling or Main Event. <laughs> Shit that's not on the goddamn Peacock thing. <laughs> but, we go into our, but, but we go into our main event with Arn Anderson versus Bobby Eaton. You remember what happened? Wait. Wait, did I miss something? I do. Yeah, but uh after that segment, they were out there with Tony, Austin and Pillman were. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about that promo. Yeah, it, they're kind of just going off of what they just did. They they keep talk, running Flair down. They talking about how Arn's old and how they had a brush with greatness. I fucking love that line by the way. The the brush with greatness. Mhm. <laughs> 
I feel like that could have been something if they were a team longer. Yeah. Because, like, it could have been a t-shirt. It could have been, like, the brush with greatness or some shit. But um, then they had the match. Uh, another thing we didn't get to fucking see, we, they had the match with Dos Hombres. Remember the team that Ricky Steamboat imported from Mexico? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> and they got pissed because apparently, like, they thought these guys were going to be total fucking losers. And they, it was, I guess it was a, a allegedly a co- somewhat competitive match. I, they could have shown us some footage or some shit, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Tony tells them they're going to face Dos Hombres again on the main event show. So, again, we're not going to see it. <laughs> and they get pissed off and just leave. That's probably the setup of Ricky Steamboat being there while Shane Douglas is not there anymore. Right. Or something. Or maybe they're, they're the Dos Hombres this time or some shit to fuck with them. I still think like that's where that's going. Yeah. It's it's too obvious. <laughs> Especially when you have two matches. But then again, they could always do that. Wow, you almost beat us. So we're going to... We want a rematch so we can own you. Mm-hmm. And then you could set up, the, you know, it being Ricky and quote-unquote Shane Douglas under the mask. Yeah. Um... Then we get into the main event. Arn Anderson versus Bobby Eaton. Now, if you remember, it was Bobby Eaton versus good old Eric Watts. And Arn Anderson didn't like how Bobby Eaton was being heelish and, like, saved Eric Watts. Which I can't believe still. So, if you think about it, <laughs> this was the storyline that they kind of kept a little bit. <laughs> Somewhat. Yeah. I feel like that happened a while ago, though. It, it was. It was like a month ago. <laughs> what the f- so like that. Now they're having this match, which I when I when they said at the top of the show, "Oh, beautiful Bobby Eaton against Arn Anderson," I was like, "Yes, that will be good, probably." Mm-hmm. And you know what? It actually kind of was. The only thing I hated was this, it was just so fucking short. Yeah, that's like, that's the only negative I have because they told us story in the ring without even like telling a story <laughs> they were just like they, they, didn't, they didn't verbalize anything you could just tell from their actions that they were fucking mad at each other mm-hmm. and they were trying to win and it felt more like a fight or, or something more like a struggle the commentary was good <laughs> because larry savisco who's great as color commentating in my opinion um yeah kept on bringing the fact like they know each other they were tag teams this is why bobby eaton's getting you know the edge right now um because mm-hmm. at, at some point bobby eaton was you know taking arn anderson's face and rubbing it on the rope and he was like kicking him in the face targeting the knee which was bad <laughs> I, I love how larry zabisco yeah, taking out his wheel i'm like he's got a bad wheel yeah yeah, he, uh, he Bobby Eaton pulled out some interesting moves. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did, uh, like, it starts off with him slapping Arn, and then they do, like, a stiff lockup. And then it's it's just really hard stuff, like stomping somebody directly on the fucking head, just punching somebody and having them go to, and it looks like a good punch, like a good jab. Big hook for Bobby. somebody down. Yeah. And then uh, it was like when Bobby started working on his, his knee is when it got interesting. He did like a weird version of a chop block. I've never seen anybody do mm-hmm. like, it's like he went to do that, that motion or that idea, that move, but he used his own knee instead of his arm. Mm-hmm. 
and it took him down. I was like, what the hell? And then he did like this really weird leg lock I've never seen either. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's that's cool. I like it when I see things I've never seen before. Um, and then Arn rolled out after fighting out of that leg lock, and then he's trying to go after him, and he just back drops him on the concrete. I'm like, damn, guys. It's just, <laughs> I didn't it, expect that. It, it, that looked like it fucking hurt. I think it did. Yeah. <laughs> And then he tries, Arn tries to pick up Bobby for a scoop slam, but his knee gives out, and then he just falls on him. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, damn. And then Bobby gets him back inside, does some gut kicks, and he goes for a third one. Like, he got, bounces off the rope for that. And then Arn just DDTs him, like, out of nowhere. Just bam. That DDT was awesome. It was good, yeah. And then, like, Arn goes after him, does the guillotine, that thing, get him on the ropes, and just pops him up, and their throat hits the rope. Mm-hmm. They don't really call out that move. They just go, oh, my! Or something <laughs> like what a like Tony's th- thing is. Oh my! This would have said what a maneuver. I, I, right in the larynx. I actually have. A, I don't know if I wrote it down in my notes, but like there's a part in in the raw coming up where he obviously know what the move is, but he goes what a maneuver, and I'm like Just fucking laugh. <laughs> this has a lot of good moments on raw, but we're, we're gonna get that soon. Sp- <laughs> that spinebuster though. Oh. The, the lead into the spy buster was great too. Cause it's like Bobby threw Arn in the corner or, or, or no Arn threw Bobby in the corner. And then Arn went to do an elbow thing and he, he fucking missed or some shit. Mm. And then Bobby was going to come out and charge him. And then he just spine buster. It's over. Just bam. Dude. I don't know what it is. Like triple H's spine buster. Fine. Batista's spine buster. Fine. Rock spine buster. Fine. Arn Anderson looks like it fucking kills people. <laughs> <laughs> he's got that rotation something about like the way he does it the, the fast rotate triple h's gets close to that mm-hmm. it's a close approximation of an arn anderson spine buster somebody else used to do one pretty good too uh steiner no i actually think dax pulls it out once in a while and he's he's got a real close approximation of it too mm. which that makes sense though because those guys you know they study yeah Fucking Arn Anderson and the the Tully. um yeah Tully and the uh, Midnight Express and that shit that that's what they like. Mm-hmm. But um, solid match. Like I said, I wish you could see more because all told, it was like seven minutes. I'm like, damn, I wish these guys could have got like ten or fifteen minutes. <laughs> I think if this match was a full maybe ten minute minute match, I would have gave it probably either a nine or a ten. Because there was nothing really wrong with this match. Um, no. It was a good match. Uh, but I gave it a 6.5 out of 10. Because I... I yeah, I gave it... A... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I gave it some points down. Because I was writing an 8, but then I was like, oh, it's done already? Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, I can't give that 8. That 8 deserves to have like a full-fledged match. So I brought it down to a 6.5. Yeah, I, I gave it a six point twenty five out of ten. And to me, it was just that it could it didn't get cooking long enough to like go into something that was a better, bigger, better match or something. And that's fine. That wasn't in the cards for it that day, so to speak. Mm. Maybe if they cut the Cole Twins and the fucking Blackhearts, you could have got like three or four more minutes for this match, and it could have been better. I would have actually but, cut the Max Payne, and, and uh, actually no, fuck that. Take Van Hammer and that fucking Colonel Parker segment out 
and then just, just put put the match time towards uh uh Arn and Bobby Eaton and maybe put like another match or shorter match. Yeah, I don't know. Let Brad Armstrong win a match or something. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, please. Uh, then after the match is over, Barry Windham just rides into the arena on his motorcycle <laughs> with his leather jacket and bandana on his head. And I was like, and he goes, yeah, that was fucking cool. Uh, yeah, I was like, that's cool. And then he's like, Tony, I'm finally going to answer your question about Ric Flair. And then R- Ric Flair is like, oh, watch, uh, not Ric Flair. Uh, Tony's like, yeah, let's start from the beginning. He's like, you're an idiot. I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> like he asked him a real lame, basic question. He's like, well, give me the microphone since you don't know what questions to ask. <laughs> he starts <laughs> telling like basically the deal, which is like, essentially, he says that Flair and the Horsemen are a thing of the past and they want to reform, but Barry doesn't want to because he says they're complacent. Mm-hmm. And he's looking out for himself now. And he's past all that. And all he cares about is himself, the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship, and his motorcycle. Yes, which he should. <laughs> yeah. And he tells Arn, like, you've been the bridesmaid before, brother, but... I'm going to be the groove this time, and you're going to be left standing once again, and he rides off. I, I kept on thinking, I'm like, Arn's in the ring, and I know they have, like, bad blood right now. I'm surprised Arn didn't just come out there and beat the shit out of Barry or the other way around. He's tired. Bobby Eaton fucked his knee up a little bit. Probably. And I guess he's, <laughs> I guess Arn is kind of face now, so... Yeah, he's a baby face. No need to, like start like attacking people i guess i guess so this is what i have my overall thoughts about the show okay i wrote squashes some were fine some were not okay um tag match was not great flair for the gold was funny with missy and Interesting that there's probably going to be a feud against the Hollywood Blondes. Uh, best promo of the night, in my opinion, is Barry. I gave it a 5.1 out of 10. Okay. I've got some thoughts, too. Uh, the show is in decline for me. <laughs> it was shorter this week, but it feels like somehow less stuff happened. Yes. And I'm tired of seeing replays of things that happen on other shows. It's stuff that they build up on Saturday night, and then it's stuff that pays off on other shows. It's like, damn, what did you do back in the day? What if, like, you can only watch Saturday night? Like, you know, because you worked or something. That would kind of suck. Yeah. Uh, And then I've got other individual notes about things that happened. Um, Colonel Parker sucks and I hate him and he gets too much TV time. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to him being more on TV. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the payoff for Barry refusing to talk about Ric Flair or the four horsemen was flat as fuck. They built that up for two months and that was the payoff. It was Ric Flair, four horsemen are the thing in the past and I'm not about that anymore. Why, why didn't you just come out and say it then? <laughs> <laughs> if that's all it was the way i read the way i read that is that flair was back and everybody was up in arms like 
you heard about flair but flair's coming back and oh my god everybody's going crazy for flair and i think barry was just being the child and be like i'm the champion why are they, why aren't they talking about me and that's why he kept on brushing off jesse and tony i, I, I kind of see that i feel like it should have just been like a more there should have been more uh, mustard behind that promo for for such a topic i mm-hmm. think is what i'm getting at it felt like he didn't do a bad job delivering it. I just feel like that there should have been something more to it than just that. I, I think how for that, for that amount of time. I think how I would have done the promo, and, and what I mean by it being the best promo tonight. Obviously, I think it's the best promo tonight because Colonel Parker sucks dick, Van Hammer not that great, and then Bulldog yeah. is just repeating himself. Um, I liked it because one, <laughs> he did a great entrance, which was fine. Uh, that was cool. But how I would have done it, I was like, because I'm playing off the fact that he ditched the flair for gold. Because remember, he was supposed to be a guest, and he just no call. Uh, he no showed. Um, I would have been like, mm. why? Why do I need to be on his stupid show? Like I would have played off the being like a child and be like, I'm the champ. I I I go where I want to go, and then I would have let lead into the four horsemen or a thing in the past, and I'm the champion. The only thing I care about is me, my bike, and my belt. So suck it, Flair. <laughs> like, that's how I would have done it. You know, I would have actually had him show up to Flair, Flair for the Gold. Mm-hmm. I would have had him ride his motorcycle onto the set of Flair of the Gold. I would have took Fifi. Be like, I get on my bike, like, baby. <laughs> she'd be like, oh, no, I can't do that. I'm with Mr. Flair. And she won't, she won't go. But then he'll like he'll confront you. Want to talk? Let's talk right now. And he fucking then he does the pissed off promo that I want him to do. Mm-hmm. I feel like he should have been more mad. Oh, well, <laughs> for some reason, the way I see with this um, this show kind of going downhill a little bit is I think we're gonna get uh, an abrupt ending. I don't know who's gonna win. I think Barry's gonna win against Arn Anderson. But I think, I think so too. I think what's going to happen is he's going to win, and then they're just going to respect each other. And I think that's stupid. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, to close all those thoughts off, I am looking forward to Slamboree, but I'm not looking forward to watching WCW Saturday Night anymore right now. <laughs> yeah, May has been a rough month for them. And you know what? I said the three strikes rule. They struck out. So that's strike two? This is strike three. Oh. Because the, the last week's was strike two, and the week before that was strike one. They did three, in my opinion, three bad shows in a row. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, Interesting. But do we, so we have to decide. Do we want to see Sylvester Stallone? <laughs> or do we skip We skip the rest of this and just see Slavery? Or do we we see May out with Saturday night, finish it out, and then skip him in June? I say let's watch Slamboree. Let's see how it pans out. If it pans out good, Slamboree, mm-hmm. and it makes us interested to see the next WCW night, uh, Saturday night show, I say we do that. If Slamboree is not good, I think that's where we end it. Okay, we'll go with that for now. Okay. Um, Four point seventy-five out of ten. Oh shit! Yeah, I just I was not into it this time. 
Let's get into something that's good. And yeah, this was good. <laughs> yeah. I will say Raw's going on an up and up right now. Um, mm-hmm. Vince McMahon, Macho Man, Bobby Heenan on commentating again, which means that the commentating is going to be hilarious uh, and good, in my opinion. And they were yelling at us. Yes. <laughs> they, were, they were yelling at us about what was going to happen. They laid the whole show out. I'm like, holy shit, they're, they're telling us everything is going to happen. Razor Ramon's in action. Mm-hmm. There's going to be an interview with Shawn Michaels. The smoking guns are here. I'm like, wow, I know things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and then they, they, they replayed that awesome fight that, that Shawn had with Mr. Perfect last week. Yes. Which, then, by, which, by the way, I kind of I, I listened to that fight because I'm like, wait a second. They're in New York, and I don't hear one F-bomb, but you could hear it in the distance. You hear, fuck him up. Fuck him up. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I was like, yes, this is New York. <laughs> oh, my God. And then Lord Alfred Hayes was standing out there, and then he called Vince Vincent, and I fucking laughed. Because <laughs> he's like the only person I've ever heard call him Vincent. <laughs> and just something about that just, just tickled me. I don't know. He says he's has a, there's a surprise that came into the building, and he's not going to reveal it. We'll see who it is later. Uh, okay. Oh, and also they talk about the Special Olympics and how uh, Smoking Guns and Savage were there. Yeah, I almost fucked. It. I almost said something really dark, but uh, a Special Ed kid lift did like a power lift, and Macho Man's like, "Oh yeah," because he's like all excited for the kid. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. Um, Smoking Guns debut. Billy Gunn against Glenn Ruth and Tony. Vada, Vada, Vada. Yeah. I don't know. Right, I, he's weird. He looks weird. Yeah, but smoking guns is Billy and Bart. And I said Tony Vada needs to do something about his hair. It looks very feminine. <laughs> yes, because like looking at the back, if you just don't pay attention to the rest of his body and you see the back of his head, he's like you're like, is that a woman? Hmm. It's just too feathery. It has too much body and shine. It's weird. <laughs> and then I, I made me think of Scott Steiner when he was on that WCW hotline like a year or two later. And he's like, feminine wrestlers? There's no feminine wrestlers here. There's no heartbreak, kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, they have cap guns. They come in the ring, they start shooting in the fucking uh, the sky. It's just like, he's like, when their interest starts, he's like, what's that? <laughs> so they come out there and then they start shooting the guns. And he's like, look out! Like, he thought they were shooting live rounds or some shit. Oh, man. But <sighs> Billy Gunn is kind of green here a little bit. He is, but he's also good. Yeah. Bart Gunn, on the other hand. A little sloppiness, a little bit. I thought he did his share. I thought he did okay. Like, Bart was more like, he's doing arm drags and arm bars. He's doing the, he's setting it up. Oh, here's where I I, I wrote down in the notes. Because I forgot, either Billy or Bart did like a swing blade. It was Billy. Yeah, and Vince goes... Whoa, what a maneuver. Because <laughs> that was one of... You got, well, okay, so like 1993, when have you ever seen somebody do that? 
Never. I never. I didn't know Billy Gunn ever did that move. And I like and I was, I thought the same thing as you. Like that was kind of like a sling blade. He just didn't do the spin. Mm-hmm. He just did the the actual move that that, that is just jump in the air. It's like a weird jumping neck breaker variation or some shit. But uh, I was like, whoa, that, that took me by surprise. Uh, this follows their match seems to follow the same pattern of a tag match. Billy Gunn's always done mm-hmm. and it's not bad, but Bart, I'd say I would argue Bart is maybe a better wrestler than road dog. Just True. in the ring. True. Yeah. Cause what's the pattern? The one guy who's not Billy Gunn gets in there and does some of the transitionary work or gets beat up a little bit, tag Billy Gunn in and Billy Gunn does big moves. Mm-hmm. He does a drop kick. He does a big suplex or something. Or he does a fucking sling blade, apparently. <laughs> My brain is all fucked up because every time I saw him in this match, I kept on thinking, when, when is he going to do the chop? And like, but he went the bang! He did the big bang! Yeah, so I guess that's <laughs> the same. Uh, there, there's a couple things. The finisher kind of seemed a little sloppy. Um, but I love that finish. Oh, my God. The... It was a little, it was a little sloppy, but I liked it. Yeah, because like it, it, it botched it a little bit at the end. But you like flipping a guy, like obviously, you got to make sure you catch him and like and do the the finish. And then there was a hip toss into a clothesline. I'm like, holy fuck, that was awesome! And like the, you like hip toss him and then like clothesline him at the same time. Yeah, like. Billy was getting it in this match. He was getting big air on all his moves. Like he 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 jumped up real fucking high for like leg drops and shit, like off the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, he muscled fucking Glenn Ruth up for a suplex. He, it didn't look like even it looked like he took him up and just made him go with it. I was like, holy shit, dude! Mm-hmm. <laughs> Billy Gunn's not a small dude though. He's he's like six five or some shit, and he's always built like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then yeah, that finish though, like holy fuck. Is like Billy backdrop. It's like he shot Glenn off. By the way, they got no offense in Glenn and that fucking dude with the feminine hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he shoots him off, does a backdrop. He flips over, and then Bart is behind him. He catches him and just does a power driver. I'm like, what the hell? I've never seen that before. I've never seen anybody do that. <laughs> I was like, I said, what the fuck out loud when I saw it. <laughs> Because I couldn't believe that. That was just crazy for WWF in 1993, I thought. Like, a sling blade first, I was like, whoa. And then that? I was like, shit. I don't even think I've seen anybody do that now. I will will say, having Billy Gunn embark on the smoking guns, I could legitimately, and now I don't know how far the smoking guns go, um, but I could legitimately say, like, they could be contender for... The tag team championships, like they're both big dudes, they're good. I think I don't know how soon it happens, but yeah, they do get there, and they stay a team for a while. I want to say up to about ninety six. Really? Wow. Yeah, uh, and they get Sunny with them. That's when they're heel. I think they turn heel when Sunny gets with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, I want to say they get a couple runs with the belt. That's good. I'm, Squ- I'm ex- ex- squash. Yeah, squash. <laughs> uh, WDF Mania. Um, Commercial. I, yeah, I don't. I don't usually 
pay attention when Todd Pettengill, whatever his fucking name is, because Bobby Heenan's like, uh, Macho's like, you like Todd Gettenhill or uh, whatever? Bobby Heenan's like, no, I don't like him, but I like WWF Mania. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then we got the HBK interview. And so loud, New York is chanting, Sean is gay again. And, I love that. <laughs> and, and Bobby Heenan goes, Sean is great. Sean is great. <laughs> um, HBK talks about how he's, you know, technically the people's champion. He defends his title wherever he goes. He has no problem putting the title on the line. And then the mysterious person comes, and by the way, like I think that they should have made it a little more real, where the security guards are like trying to capture him and like Marty Janetti. By the way, it's Marty Janetti. Um, yeah, I was kind of thinking that too. Because like they were like, "Oh, who's this fan and stuff?" And like HBK is like, "Oh, you know, even the fan wants a shot. I'll give him a shot. Just, just go back to you know the stands and stuff." And then they finally go, oh my god, it's Marty Jannetty. And then Marty Jannetty, in my opinion, okay on the mic. He's just uh, riding the high of the fans, being like, oh shit, it's Marty Jannetty because of the barbershop thing and also because of uh, SummerSlam that we watch. WrestleMania, WrestleMania. I mean. Yeah. (laughs) We're not at SummerSlam yet. (laughs) Um, So, like, seeing that was... I guess kind of cool, but like I already know Marty Jannetty's fucking timeline. Like he's, because <laughs> I already know. Uh, he's not much longer from this world. Yeah, like literally, I think he only lasts a month after today, uh, because he gets back on drugs and gets fired. Um, but pretty much, Marty Jannetty says, "Oh, anywhere, anytime." Pretty much. How about tonight? And Vince McMahon's like, yeah, how about tonight? <laughs> like, how about tonight, HBK, Shawn Michaels? And, like, HBK's like, no, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> but you just said, but you just said it. like, that's <laughs> that was the interview. <laughs> it, it was it was actually, I really liked this segment mm-hmm. because, yeah, at first, Shawn was, like, talking about how great he was and blowing himself and stuff. And then Vince said, like, some might consider you a reluctant fighting champion. And then he's like, no, that's not true. And, and he, like, starts defending his own honor and shit, talking about how he's, like, he go, he travels everywhere and he's tired and blood, sweat, and tears and all that. And then, yeah, then that weird guy in a hoodie shows up. and <laughs> It's Marty. <laughs> and then, like... He says, like, hey, you re- you say you're ready to fight anybody and you're a man of your word, then fight me. And then, yeah, that's when Sean, Sean starts to try to backpedal. And then this just starts going. <laughs> he's, he's like, is it true? Are you a man of your word? And he's like, I have a man of my word. But but well, he doesn't have his ring gear. And he, I don't want him to get hurt. And he's like, do you have your ring gear? And he's like, I do. And he's like, no, no, no. Hang on. What? We got to get it official. He's like, are you a man of your word or not? He's like browbeating him. It's like he kind of like tricks him slash browbeats him into accepting this match. <laughs> it's like really funny, like a- actually watching it play out. Because mm-hmm. because um, it was good. Because at the same time, you like you know Vince is making all the like the moves in the business, but like they do like this character Jack Tunney president thing. 
and it seemed like Vince was like being the president kind of thing. It's like, yeah, we're, we're gonna have a match. It's gonna be HBK versus Marty Jannetty. It's sanctioned. Well, at this time, I think most people still thought that they didn't know that Vince ran things, but the steroid trials going on at this time. And I think that's when people started to really figure out, oh, no, it's actually Vince McMahon that runs this fucking company. I was just saying myself, because, like, how Vince was talking, it's, like, very authority. And he wasn't acting like an interviewer or a commentator. He acted like he was actually running things. I th- I didn't really think that. I thought it was like he was trying to sort of browbeat him into accepting a match. Like he was like he was kind of picking at him because of his words. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, this version of Vincent Man is a baby face, not a play by play guy, but a commentator. He 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 cheers for the baby faces. He doesn't really quite run down the heels, but he, he's like, if they do despicable actions, that was unsportsmanlike, he'll call it out shit. Mm-hmm. But uh good segment, but I have to wonder why it's Marty again after Sean just beat him last month at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Back of the line, pal. That's what I say. I I give him a little more leeway when they do like promos like this, where they go anytime, any place, open challenge. Even though he didn't say open challenge, but he's kind of saying open challenge. He kind of did. You're yeah. right. So it, that it only bugs me a little bit in that aspect because I'm like, where the fuck's he been for like the past month? Doing drugs. He's been doing drugs, apparently. I think that's really what happened. He got fucking trouble, and they told him to fuck off for like a month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, the after this is a Razor Ramones match against the kid. He had so many fucking names, and they brought it up in commentary. Like, what name is he now? And like, Vince is like, he's the kid. He's just the kid. He's a, the kamikaze kid, the lightning kid, man. And then he was the... Uh, the uh, one, two, three kid. Yeah. <laughs> and Razor's coming out, and then he's like avoiding being touched by fans, which I thought was funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the fat raw girl is out again, and then she's coming down the stairs. He's going up, and he's like, You want to kiss Chica? And then she's like, Gonna do it. And then he backs off and fucking tells her to fuck off. <laughs> and then he even goes, Would you want to be kissed by a Winnebago? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, damn. <laughs> she played. She really it. lays into that fat chick. She she uh she plays it off good. Like she's not upset, just trooping along. Like, eh, probably right. getting. She paid totally off. owns. She owns herself. She's <laughs> she's comfortable with who she is. Mm-hmm. More power to her. Yeah, but uh, this is a changing time in wrestling in my opinion, with small guys and big guys. Um, this was a changing time for X-Pac, by the way, who is the kid, Sean Waltman. One, two, three, kid, yeah. Um, because it was a surprise finish of literally a skinny kid, a cruiserweight, beating a heavyweight. Uh, now, a big guy, a real big guy, too. Yeah, and it was booked in a way where you could believe it. Yeah. Because it was surprise, and and the commentating went off of that surprise because they talked about it for the rest of the fucking match every time. Or, <laughs> is this guy gonna win? Because we don't know if he's gonna. <laughs> it could, anything could happen here on Raw, and um, 
things I have to say about this. Obviously, you had to put Razor Ramon being this cocky guy. He's always a cocky guy, but he was being cocky because he's facing the kid because he's a skinny twig. And he was doing these... In- Dude, those chops... I was eating pasta while I was watching this. <laughs> I had to stop eating pasta because those chops were hurting my chest and I wasn't in the match. They were, they were brutal. And it's funny because I never knew Scott Hall to be like much of a chopper mm-hmm. like that. I was like, fuck, like that's up there in terms of like, actually like the most hellacious chops I've ever seen and heard. Mm-hmm. That was up there. That's up there with like fucking Valter, Flair, Steamboat, fucking perfect. Finn Balor's got a pretty good chop himself. Uh, Uncle Chris Benoit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so he's like in that category, just based off of like those three or four chops he did in that match. That first one, though, when he gets him in the corner and does like the straight chop, Mm -hmm. (laughs) he's like, are the smoking guns back or what? I'm like, damn, you're right. (laughs) Then, like, Razor just tosses Kid around and beats him down. He, like, fucking beals him across the ring. Playing around with him. And he, like, putting him in abdominal stretches, fucking with him, and then does, like, the, the damn, he calls it the sack of shit toss. <laughs> Fall away slam. Yeah. <laughs> and then he, what's funny, though, is as he's beating him up, he's getting chance for him. Razor is. Mm-hmm. Which, that's not the first time that's happened. They've been kind of chanting for him for, like, Okay, like off and on for like a mo- couple months or something. Uh, I-, I think that's a testament though to his just his fucking charisma and his working ability. Do you think? Because I don't know. I've never heard uh, uh, Scott Hall or Sean Waltman or anybody during that time talk about this match. Do you think Razor or uh, Scott Hall was like, "I'm the heel here, man. Why are they cheering for me?" Kid, just fucking get a win. Do you think they called it an audible in the ring? No, I think Razor, uh, I don't know the exact story, but I think uh, Scott Hall, Razor, wanted to just give him a win because he liked him. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because the click wasn't really necessarily a thing yet, but Razor was friends with Sean and stuff, and they Vince likes the both of them. Nash isn't there yet, but he's coming very soon. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to say, like, they just saw uh, Sean Waltman just selling his ass off in those squash matches because mm-hmm. he made Mr. Hughes look like a goddamn monster. <laughs> 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 he took that massive fucking joke slam and just died. <laughs> Uh, and I was like, this kid's got some fucking talent, brother. He's like, it, the thing about Scott Hall actually is like, he has that reputation for being in the clique. You know how like they have like a negative reputation around them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he has a track record of not being that selfish <laughs> in terms of like protecting himself or his gimmick or some bullshit like that. It, it'll be like, I, I think he really just wanted to like get, give him a rub, so to speak. He's like, hey, you fucking beat me real fast. Like, it was a freak accident. Like, it got caught off guard. And we'll do a thing for like a month or something. Mm-hmm. And that's the start of this here. Because 
let's see, after this, he launches Kid in the corner, and he goes for, like, a jumping elbow mm-hmm. or something. Like, he's charging the corner, and he, Kid gets out of the way, and he misses, he hits the post. You hear the smack on the post, the, 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 like that. And he, like, stumbles around, like, oh, shit, like, uh. The kid gets up on the turnbuckle, moonsaults him. So while he's standing, gets the three. And runs away. And runs away, and everybody's like, oh, my God! They're like, they're, the crowd's like, ah! It's, it's funny, because at first they were chanting for Razor. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, holy shit, because it was like a genuine surprise. It's like they've seen this kid, no pun intended, get his ass kicked, like, for three weeks or something. <laughs> and then he just beats Razor Ramon, like, one of the... One of the stars of the WWF, he just beats him. It's like a, it's an underdog moment, and it's 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 interesting to see because like you see all these big guys, and then you see him beating him, and you're just like, oh shit, that that's rare. Yeah, and, and it's not just him though. This is this is another uh, symptom of that philosophy. You had Bret Hart as the champion for a while, who's not a big guy. Mm-hmm. He's not a small guy either. I'd call him more like an average size guy, roughly. And then Sean's the same way. You had Shawn Michaels and Mari Gennetti in like the main event of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's some more people coming in that that'll sort of fit that mold. But yeah, uh, the <sighs> let's see. Yeah, he ran away. Razor was mad. The commentary se- team seemed shocked. <laughs> And I said I can't rate this because Kid beat him with one move and the entire match was pretty much a squash except for the finish where he just won. So it's like, I can't rate it. I don't know how to. So it's just, it was a moment to me. I rated it. I gave it a 5.3 out of 10. Okay. Because I I think it was booked right for Razor to lose. Yeah. uh, Because it still makes him look strong and surprised. Like, it's like... Wow, I let my guard down, and I was an idiot, and he won. Instead of just it being clean. If it was a clean win, uh, meaning that he hit him with a finisher without like him hitting the post, I would be like, yeah, that's kind of bullshit. Um, yeah, but he, he had the out where he like, you hit a goddamn metal post with your head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... Tatanka versus Scott Taylor. Or Scotty Too Hottie, who yep. we just talked about earlier. And I, I saw him, and I saw Scott Taylor, and I was like, that name sounds familiar to me. Mm-hmm. And, like, I was kind of looking at him, but, like, I couldn't really tell it was him at first. So I had to look it up to be sure, because he just looks so different from any other time I've seen him. Mm-hmm. That, that was him. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> so many people... That just kind of like, kind of, I want to say reach their full potential, grow up or whatever, or like here right now, you got Kid, X-Pac, you got Billy Gunn there and the Smoking Guns right now, you got um, Scotty Too Hotty here, Mm -hmm. Uh, and... I guess in a way, Sean, I still like Sean's kind of riding the wave, but he's still not really where everybody knows him to be yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of cool to see, but he just gets the shit beat. <laughs> he doesn't get any, he gets an eye rake. Yeah. That's all. That's all Scott Taylor gets. <laughs> Tatanka came out 
and you know he has to like run out like really fucking fast dude mm-hmm. there was a fan that like sticked his head out he got away at before Tatanka like tore it out because Tatanka shot out of the entrance like a bullet and I was like oh shit <laughs> He did like the ultimate warrior entrance, except he had a way less shorter distance to run. So he didn't get blown up. And I think he's also in better shape. But yeah, I was worried about the fans heads because they were just like, you know how they were sticking their arms out and their heads and shit. Like, man, they yeah. could they could have died. <laughs> they could have. Then we got toilet paper stats from Bobby Heenan. <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> I wonder if he was, like, trying to say that Scott Taylor is shit, so he just started bringing up toilet paper stats. I think it's what he was trying to do, and then Macho Man basically put him in his place. Mm-hmm. Like, Seems we found a field of expertise for Heenan or some shit. Basically, I think in his own fancy, weird, roundabout way, he basically called him a piece of shit. <laughs> like, that was his way of doing it, and it made Vince laugh. Like, he laughed pretty hard at that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tatanka just chops the shit out of fucking Sky Too Hotty here and, and beats him down and he sells his ass off for him. Mm-hmm. And eventually he hits in the trail and it's over with squash. Yeah, squash. I didn't rate it, so we got King of the Ring report from Gene Okerlund And um I'm I'm gonna be honest with you, kinda zoned out a little bit. So That's okay because I, I, I watched it. I know what happens. <laughs> he tells us Shawn Michaels going to go face Crush for the IC title at King of the Ring. And I'm like, why? Uh. But okay. Again, I don't know why the fuck Crush gets a title shot because what's he done lately? He lost to Doink mm-hmm. multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, why the fuck shouldn't Doink get a fucking title shot? He's been beating people. Uh, but Doink's a heel, I understand. But, uh, I was like, you can't pick somebody else. Like, uh, I don't know. Fucking, I actually can't think of anybody off the top of my head, but I still feel like it'd be easy to do. Like, if I saw the whole roster there in front of me, I think I could come up with something better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but now, uh, but that looks like I don't even know what's going to happen now based on the end of this this show. Uh, and then Mean Gene tells us we're also going to get Bret Hart versus Razor Ramon for the King of the Ring finals. It's interesting. So I'm like, okay, I'm down for that match. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's, let's fuck, let's go. They're they're good together. Mm-hmm. And then we go to Yokozuna versus Kamala, and I forgot all about this match. That this was supposed to happen. <laughs> so two big guys, right? Big match, pal. They're doing the whole big guys need to clash while they go off with of the ropes. Yep. And, and Yoko is staggering. That's interesting to me. Because he's obviously bigger than Kamala, mm-hmm. but he—it's like he wanted to let Kamala stagger him, which to me says Yoko like Kamala. So it's a good brother. I'll let you stagger me, and I'll fall over or some shit. I like how he said brother, like because he's Samoan and not Japanese. That's, that's <laughs> how he talked. Apparently, he was just like the, the, every every story I've ever heard about Yoko is that that's how he talks. <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of cool but <laughs> like after he stumbles a few times Kamala starts striking him and doing a thrust kick and weird throat chop and that's fine because we've been over this Kamala's gimmick is he's like a weird savage guy from Uganda and he doesn't know how to wrestle mm-hmm. and it works for him 
And Kamala keeps on until Yoko comes back. He does a chop and he does a throat thrust and then he does a super kick and then he avalanches him in the corner and he hits a clothesline and then Bonsai! Bonsai, brother, it's over for three. Bonsai was pretty far out. And I'm not talking was. like I was I'm not talking like seventies. I'm like, oh far out. Uh he was kinda like in the center of the ring, Kamala almost. And uh Yoko uh had to stick his ass out a little bit more. I uh, yeah. even though this was a short match, I gave this a five point five out of ten. Yeah, I, I give it a, a five point twenty five out of ten. It was fine. It it was succinct, you know. It was an inoffensive big guy match and it was kind of cool because it was so short. It was just, you know, a cool huge, huge guy clash. It's like Vince forgot how to do these kind of matches. I feel like later mm-hmm. because every time after a certain point, when he gets like what you classify as super heavyweights in the ring together, he wants to make them have like 20 minute fucking matches for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why are you doing this? They need to wrestle for like 10 minutes at the most, probably. (laughs) Um, Where's Kamala's uh, manager? What happened? Slick? Yeah, what happened to him? He's just gone. Because Slick Slick taught Kamala how to... Be good? He taught (laughs) Kamala how to survive and be good on the streets. And... He, his work was finished, I think. But, but I think Slick just left WWE, WWF. He moved on. <laughs> he moved on to other pimping uh, or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, the main event was Shawn Michaels against Mario Gennetti for the IC title. Fast pace in the beginning. It had the fast pace through most of the match. Yeah. And... I want to say, even though Shawn Michaels can be fast-paced, Shawn Michaels is a heel, and he would always try to slow it down. But, like, Marty Jannetty was, like, on fucking cocaine throughout this whole fucking match. He might have been. He might have done a line before he came out. Because I mean, like... <laughs> he was... He was nonstop. Like, I, I'm trying to remember, like, when he, like, slowed down. Um... There was a sloppy. He slowed down when when he was selling and when Sean put him in like chin locks and shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty much it. Uh, there was a sloppy sunset uh, that happened, and then it was okay. Though. It, was, it was okay, but it was still sloppy a little bit. It was like yeah. slower. Uh, it needs to have that like, that good flow, and it didn't have a good flow. Uh. Cool Marty Janetti reversal with hip toss that he did. Like, he he fucking, like, uh, vaulted over fucking Shawn Michaels' arm and then, like, reversed it somehow. He did, like, an arm drag or something. Yeah. HBK selling. Fucking amazing funny. (laughs) He was going off. He sold the right... He oversold the right amount in this match. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, HBK got up at one point and like, fuck this match. He grabs his belt, starts to go out to the entrance, and then I knew Mr. Perfect was going to come out and stop him. Was that supposed to be the big surprise? No, the what, big surprise was Marty Jannetty. Was that it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I was just so... Like, I felt like they were going to actually say, that must be the big surprise or some shit that never happened. And I was like, what was the big surprise? Mm-hmm. 
they um they brought it up. I forgot it was either Bobby or Macho. And they said uh, they said Marty Jannetty's is a big surprise and Vince is like, I guess so. <laughs> he had the same reaction as me. Yeah. <laughs> uh I'll be honest, I thought the big surprise was gonna be Diesel. True, yeah. Because he's like a big surprise, big guy. And then I thought the way that they build all this up with perfect <laughs> blocking uh Sean from leaving. Mm-hmm. And this will also say I didn't expect the the end result of this match either. I thought Diesel was going to come out and beat the fuck out of Perfect and then help Sean win. Interesting. I'm, I'm too early. I'm I'm a little too early for that apparently. <laughs> uh, yeah. They man, say what you want about Marty and his fucking drugs or some bullshit, but these guys can work well together. Yeah. He gives the arm drags, hip tosses, and shit. And then he clotheslines Sean out of the ring and does a skin of cat. And then he dives him. That got the crowd fired up. They were like, yeah. They were like really into this match. Uh, and then for some reason, they're just really into Marty. It's it's weird. Like, I, I, I'm i not sure why that is. I guess it's like you said, because of the barbershop window thing. And he's like, he hasn't had his nuts totally cut off of him yet, so to speak. Well, you got to see it from their point of view during that time. Like, yeah. Back then, the Rockers with HBK and Marty Jannetty, like those were the the bees, the knees, you would say in the fifties. Um, yeah, they were a popular tag team back then, I guess. With us, we have the knowledge of how Marty Jannetty ends up and what he's done backstage. So, like, I don't have. That's my fault. Is like I'm like uh, I don't really care for Marty Jannetty because I know he's not going to last pretty long, but. This match was good. Um, the match was great. Fast pace, power slam against HBK, crossbody, then HBK with the sweet chin music. I don't know if it was called sweet chin music at that time, but it was a super kick. Then martial arts kick. Yeah. <laughs> and then there was a towel distraction with um, Mr. Perfect. Which that fucked up HBK, and that's when uh, Bobby Heenan was like, "Hey, stop worrying about Mister Perfect and worry about your opponent." And that's when we got the surprise win. Yep, when he threw the towel at him, uh, Marty came behind him and schoolboyed him and got three. And I was genuinely shocked by that. I was like, "What?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> he won. And I was like, "Oh, it, it was a good shock." I was like. You know what? I'm okay with that. Because, like, yeah, despite what we were saying about Marty, like how we know how he turns out and shit, that's, that doesn't really have anything to do with how I uh, look at him, mm-hmm. actually. Uh, it's just I kind of know what he is, which is, like, he's a good worker. Can't really cut a promo, though. And, yeah, he does. he doesn't have that much time. That doesn't really factor into it. It's just... What what more about this it bugs me is like I feel like they've already done the program and it ended already. Mm-hmm. It's like a month later we don't see him and he comes back and he's just like, Oh, we're doing this again. Mm-hmm. And you know what's what's funny is this match is better than the fucking match they had at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. It it just is. <laughs> I have a question. When is the HBK and Razor Ramon ladder match? Uh next WrestleMania. Okay. So I, I think this is what's going to happen. 
is Marty Jannetty has the championship, the IC title. Marty Jannetty does more drugs, so he has to vacate it, right? Razor Ramon wins it because I think Razor wins the IC title at some point. He does. And then he holds on to it, and somehow, um, I don't remember. Does Sean, like, confirm that he's the IC championship since Marty dropped it? Something happens at some point with that. That, that I get confused about how Sean always ends up back up with the belt somehow. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, Razor, I know Razor wins it because I've seen the match where he beats Rick Martell for the belt. Mm-hmm. And that, that that also happens here pretty soon too, like we're talking like within the next two months that happens. Okay. Uh, and um, I, I know something happens with Sean where he gets in trouble and he goes away for a little bit. I don't know what it was about. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like they're like they're borderline. They they pretty much fired him almost. And then he comes back. He reappears. So. Even though this was like before the CM Punk and John Cena thing. So it's pretty much the John Cena and CM Punk thing where CM Punk is quote unquote in contract signing, comes back, he's a champion, Cena is a champion. That's how pretty much I feel like what's gonna happen with HBK and Razor, right? I think I think that's what it is now that you said that and yeah. He was like, Well, I I still have this belt, and it was the old one. He's like, I'm the real intercontinental, and I think it was the white one that mm-hmm. he had and, and shit. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, This was a good match, though. Uh, Marty did some other moves that really stood out. I love his flying head scissors takedown. He got it, He turned it into a pinning combination, too. And that was This is what's crazy to me. He did a flying head scissors takedown and got a near fall out of it. And the crowd was like, oh, <laughs> like, yeah, that guy was a real big moment. That was awesome. And um, like I said, they work real well together. Sean slowed down, did his holds and stuff. Stun gun was cool. The stun gun, he tried to do the head scissors again, and Sean stun gunned him. He reversed him. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he does this spot I really like here, too, where, like, after he gets him in the chin lock, Marty tries to stand up. Sean shoots him in the corner, and when he bounces out of the corner, he drop kicks him like in the face. And then he tries to do the same thing again, but Marty stopped and he slingshotted him into the post. <laughs> I was like, oh, that was good. That was that was a, a good little deal there. Marty couldn't cover him fast enough. He could have got a three, but it was very close. Mm-hmm. Uh, then that's when he starts his comeback, the big reverse elbow and the power slam you were talking about. And I like this spot here too, where like Sean whips him in the corner and he jumps on the second rope. Like he's going to do that jump back behind crossbody thing. <clears throat> then Sean dropped to the ground. Like shit. He like, cause he saw it coming. And he just dropped to the ground immediately, but Marty caught him. He caught him. And he went to the third rope and hit it. <laughs> <laughs> that was cool. They do the O'Connor roll. Marty does an O'Connor roll that weird reverse roll up pin. And then Sean reverses it, pulls his tights, but then he kicked out, and then he super kicks him, and it goes in the finish. What'd you give it? 7.5 out of 10. Oh, okay. I actually gave this a 6.8 out of 10. It was good. The crowd was into it, and that, that helped. And they had good spots. They had good near falls. Not too many clustered into each other. Mm. Uh, 
you know, the thing was perfect. The, I didn't expect the finish. And, it, and it's like I said, it's proof I don't care about what the fuck Marty did or what he did in his life or anything. Yeah, I, uh, I, I didn't take that into consideration. I looked at it objectively um, yeah, yeah. during this match. I was like, oh, this is a fucking good match. But like, in a vacuum, the, yeah, the match is good. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, the drugs are going to catch up and he's not going to be there for real. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to fuck up the IC title picture a little bit because he's so volatile, I guess. And then, something happens with Sean, too. It's also volatile. And then he's going to talk about murder on Facebook later. God, that's fucking weird. <laughs> and then uh, what are your final thoughts on the show? I wrote that the squashes made sense in this show. Um, the commentary, again, getting rid of uh, the comedian and Ed and Bobby really helped out this show. Like, this show is, like, 100 times better with Bobby Heenan on commentating as the third man. Even though I don't like three-man booths in commentating, these guys know how to put on a show. Uh, yeah, they're, it's actually fun to listen to them. It doesn't get on my nerves and shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally, star power in Raw. Like, I'm actually excited to watch another episode of Raw because I'm like, holy shit, if we're getting Marty Jannetty, who's going to be next? And are we going to see, like, cool surprises of the kid, like, winning? Is there going to be another surprise that I'm not going to be knowing about? Um, let's see what, next week. Um, so, like... Again, we're showing that WCW is going on a downward path and Raw is going on an upward path. So and Building King of the Ring, too. Yeah. It's like, King of the Ring's not looking too bad, you know? I'm actually excited about King of the Ring more than Slamboree. And uh, that's bad because we were always high on WCW for a long time. And now we're... Yeah, three-month streak. Yeah, now we're now we're uh, we're changing tunes, and it's because the other show is putting on a better show. And uh, yeah. I gave this a six point three out of ten. Yeah, I said <laughs> I love this. Like when they got to, at the end of the show, there the three of them were talking, and it's like we don't know what's gonna happen next week and watch him it's like i don't care ride the edge of a lightning bolt take a chance brother yeah <laughs> and then Heenan's like i hate it i hate not knowing what's gonna happen i hate this <laughs> <laughs> good show fair bit of excitement from top to bottom uh, i feel like vince and company are starting to figure it out mm. nothing annoying happened either yeah like there wasn't they cut out the stupid Heenan's fucking around on the TV shit. Rob Bartlett's gone. <laughs> it was st- finally for once nothing annoying happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and yeah, King of the Rings shaping up. But now I wonder if Janetti will face Crush or will Sean get a rematch or something? Because like in my head, I feel like what's going to happen now is Sean's going to get a rematch at King of the Ring and win again. I, won't, I, I won't. think I think that's when Sean gets beat up by the Marines or something. <laughs> I, was, I can't remember when that. No, no, no. That's not. That happens later, because Bulldog was there. Bulldog was there for that when Sean got beat up by the Marines. I forgot about that. <laughs> I wonder if Sean is going to make a big fuss about like Mister Perfect distracted me. If anything, I. 
Or maybe he could be like, he was throwing in a towel for me to give up. And that's not a title change. <laughs> that's funny. I don't know. I feel like all this, this Mr. Perfect fucking with him shit, this leads to Diesel showing up. Mm-hmm. He's getting interfered with. He's like, I need a fucking bodyguard because he came out with security that time too, if you notice. Yeah. So I'm tired of getting fucking attacked shit, so he gets Kevin Nash to fucking beat people up for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I give the show 6.75 out of 10. Okay, and that's another win for WWF Raw. So I guess we'll see what happens next. Um, obviously, you heard us on the show talk about it, but the next time we um, talk about wrestling here and getting some color, we're just going to be doing Slambury. So fuck Stallone, even though I like Stallone. Um, but maybe, fuck that episode. Yeah, fuck that episode. Um, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a garbage go home show anyway. So remember that we're watching Slamboree next week or whenever we do it. Um, is there any other final thoughts before we close out the show? No, other than I guess WCW's on thin ice right now, brother. Yes. <laughs> Slamboree's got to be good to make up for this shit. Mm-hmm. That's our last uh, straw, pretty much. If Slamboree yeah. sucks, WCW might be uh, going back into the vault. So, but if you want to catch more, some getting some color, make sure you go on Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, Red Circle, Stitcher, Amazon Music, and everywhere that this podcast. Me and Zach also have a uh, Resident Evil uh, podcast called the Nemesis Project, which. He's waiting on me, like usual, to beat a game for uh, Resident Evil Revelations. And then me, Zach, and Andy, we do a show called Big Trouble Podcast, which we are doing the Merry Matrix Christmas, where we're watching all the Matrix Matrix movies, even the new one that's coming out this month. But we're also watching Christmas movies, bad Christmas movies, meaning B-rated. So, Zach, we did, uh, we did Zach's pick last week or Tuesday, um, of Silent Night, Deadly Night, which was a a Halloween Jesus Christmas slasher movie. And then next Tuesday, we are watch or talking about Jingle All the Way 2 with Larry the Cable Guy. So, and we're also watching Matrix 2 Reloaded, so. Also, we'll probably do a, a Nemesis Project episode about the new Resident Evil movie very soon. Yes, because I am watching the movie Sunday, and Zach already seen the movie. And I know it's terrible, but I want to see how terrible it is. It'll be fun. It'll be fun to talk about. Yeah. But until next time, everybody, remember to get some color. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Peace.